This is the Beard Winner Podcast, episode 17. What's up, everybody? It has been a while, and I know it. Believe me, I know it. I have had many an evening where I have thought of coming down, sitting in front of this dusty iMac that I bought specifically for this podcast and this project, and thought, dang, I need to record something. But that time is now, and 2021 is literally coming to an end in a day or less. And it's amazing how much time flies by when you look back and you even think about 2019 seeming like a decade ago. 2020 just doesn't seem like it existed. And 2021 also felt just very ho-hum. It's almost as if the holidays that have come and went didn't really have as much significant or meaning. And I don't know whether that's changed in my perception of just getting older, but yeah, it's been a wild year. And that's really what this episode's about, is just a recap of 2021. We skipped Halloween like we always do, but soon thereafter was the beginning of hanging our thousands of Christmas lights. And I even ran into a heart issue that scared the hell out of me prior to that. And we also had some health issues within the family with my father having a kidney stone. And if you want to see something take down the strongest person in your life ever, a kidney stone will do that. It scares the hell out of you because you see someone that you look at as being invincible, immortal, and infinitely tough. And it's something that can bound up the strongest of humans. So luckily that's passed. He's drinking lots of water making sure that he's healthy when it comes to having fruits and other things in his diet that his urologist has recommended to help prevent kidney stones and on a path to hopefully avoid those in the future. I mean, most kidney stones are about one millimeter, and I think his was about five, five and a half. So needless to say, they had to do a procedure to get it out and... He's not looking forward to having another, so he's doing everything he can to be proactive to not have one. And the heart issues that I had scared the crap out of me. I made a fall journey. Instead of going to Colorado like we usually do, I said, let's go to New England. But it just seemed like New England deserves more planning. If you're going to go to Vermont, Maine, Connecticut, in those other beautiful areas and just fly into Boston, let's say, and drive around and rent a car. I believe there needs to be some more execution of knowing where to go, what time to be there as far as time of year, and knowing where you're going to be each day besides just asking locals of where to go. So we decided, let's hop in the car and head north. So we drove through boring old Iowa towards the end of I think it was October, no, September, my apologies, and it was really cool. We went to Duluth, and I found out that is not where Motor on Over to the Duluth Trading Company. That is not where that is from. I guess it's from Wisconsin, but regardless, we went through Duluth, and it's 
a charming little town. I mean, it's nice. It's very industrial. They relied a lot on Lake Superior and the shipping that went through there and the mining. And apparently that's dried up quite a few years ago, decades ago. We literally sat down at a bar and a bartender said to us that the town just hasn't recovered. And I thought, hmm, is she talking about COVID or something along those lines? And nah, it was it was mining that dried up a decade or two ago. So it's not really a town that seems that like it's bounced back. And even in September, it's much colder up there than it is in Iowa, just because that's so much further north and getting into close to southern parts of Canada. So it was a nice time to get away and experience fall color and actually see more than just the golden aspens that you're accustomed to. And what was shocking was the aspens up there still exist. And I wonder whether they're part of the same root structure that you see in Colorado. Because I heard somewhere, and I don't know how true it is, that all the aspen are kind of interconnected to each other to some degree. And it's kind of cool if that's true. If it's not, then that's kind of sad, but (laughs) that's neither here nor there. But we ended up staying at hotels and bouncing around until we ended up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, because that was our goal. We went clear to the tip of the peninsula, didn't go across the island and make our way back down through the eastern side of Michigan. Instead, we explored as much as we could because there really are not any hotels in the Upper Peninsula for the most part. It's a lot of reservation land, lots of windy roads, and by lots I mean a few, and most of it's private property because there's tons of lakes up there. Michigan could be the second land of 10,000 lakes, or maybe they only have a couple thousand, and Wisconsin has a plethora of them as well. So we set up base at a couple hotels in Wisconsin and made our way from Wisconsin in the morning up to places in Michigan that we had not seen in the Upper Peninsula and made our way back down. And it was an interesting trip. Uh, I'll talk about the heart thing in a bit, but this kind of just seems like a good time to tell the story of going on this adventure with my father, my best friend and travel buddy when it comes to getting me back into photography. And he went out and got the Canon uh, mirrorless camera and is enjoying the heck out of it. It's made his lenses feel like they're brand new again. And it's great to see him smiling and creating and seeing through that electronic viewfinder exactly what the photo is going to look like before you even take it. It's life-changing. I mean, I don't know why Back when I used to do photography podcasting, for the most part, I sat back and waited so long. Yes, there have been immense improvements for wildlife and sports and action photography now, and that is was the case for using a mirrored camera, an SLR, a DSLR, and that's no longer the fact. Like You can push a button on the back of this camera, and it'll focus on a bird's eye as it's flying through the sky, and it doesn't have to be a big bird. It can be a tiny woodpecker on a bird feeder. It'll pick it out. But the trip was great. We ended up even staying at a published author's house in Lando Lakes and was right on the edge of a lake. We got there for perfect weather that day. And then the last couple days of our trip, it rained. But prior to that, we went to a cranberry festival. And I don't know if anyone else has seen a cranberry bog outside of the Ocean Spray commercial, but For the most part, from what I know in Wisconsin, what we learned at this uh, cranberry festival that we went to was they're not very big. It's not this huge, massive thing, and people aren't up to hip waders. 
and the cranberry bushes are not even really a bush. I thought it was going to be like a hedge or a bush that would be about waist height on a normal average person that's maybe five foot seven. But they're maybe a little bit off the ground and they flood them and the good cranberries float and then they have white cranberries in there as well. And it's literally a, a labor of love. They take the water from the lakes and they use locks and other irrigation forms to get the water back in and out with no pesticides, anything like that. And just by happenstance, we were waiting to go on the tour of the bogs because it was a great photo opportunity. This gentleman from Wisconsin told us the history of Central Waters Brewing, which we'll probably have to talk about in another episode, but it's just amazing how things align. But during the trip, I just noticed that I was feeling tension in my chest, and I've been stressing a lot with work and life and trying to balance those things. And I just couldn't put that chest pain off to the side. I just thought to myself, this is can't be good, at least to sit on the back burner and not get looked at. So I saw a cardiologist and he did an assessment. And he said, yes, you're overweight. Yes, you're developing risk factors and you're getting older. You're not a spring chicken anymore. And we need to go ahead and do some workups. So I did a cardiac stress test and I had my Apple watch on and put it into workout mode. So it was tracking my heartbeats. And the goal was to get it up to 170 something beats per minute. I think it was 165 is what they're aiming for. And they'd speed up the treadmill and the incline and couldn't see exactly what was going on. So they injected some type of bubbles into my veins. So that way, when they did the ultrasound, they could see the movements of my heart while I was working out. All was fine and dandy. Didn't feel any chest pains, didn't feel any shortness of breath, anything along those lines. And then I just felt like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. And as far as getting my heart rate up, because I got it past the 160s and they're like, can you go longer? And I said, sure, 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 why not? And I think the heart rate monitor slipped or had a misreading because that rock rolled me over. It just went from 170 to 140. And then they did the ultrasound, waited for the results, got a call back from the nurse saying they saw something. They didn't really tell me what they saw. And they said, if you can, do not do any working out. Besides, if you go on a walk, if you have any chest pains, um, call us or go to the emergency room or call 911 immediately. And that's enough to scare the holy hell out of you. And rightfully so. I didn't go to the gym for a good couple months and still haven't been. And I need to get back to it, as we talked about in the Afterglow episode. But that was enough to put things into perspective. And then when I went to the checkup, they said, you have mild sleep apnea. And I said, okay, well... I don't want to CPAP. I've been through a lot. I'm not trying to, you know, make you feel bad about it, but I just, I'm kind of an ethical person where I believe I don't think I'll use it. And I don't want you to bill my insurance company for something I don't think I'm going to use. And so I'm trying this mouth guard that's supposed to help with snoring and that my dad uses because he also um, used to use a CPAP and also probably need to bite the bullet and get a Apple watch series six or something that has the VO two max. So I can actually assess my oxygen levels while I'm sleeping and make sure that they're not falling. And then if they are, and once the weight loss gets back into full swing and the gym flow, if I still start to um, exhibit signs of sleep apnea, then I'll probably end up biting the bullet and getting one of those because it truly is a serious thing. 
and probably shouldn't be put on the back burner, but nothing was really wrong with my heart. Like he kind of pretended prior to the appointment that he didn't know that there was a misreading on the test, the cardiac stress test or stress echo is what they call it. And it scared me, but I knew when he pushed back my October appointment to November that it wasn't that bad. It couldn't have been that bad if he's going to push it back. So in, in the sum or in some wow words, I am better. I feel less tightness in my chest. I'm trying to not let things stress me out. And yeah, it's put a lot of things into perspective, but it almost caused me to not want to put up the Christmas lights because at the end of October was when we had the kidney stone issue with my father. I was worried about my heart and there's this mountain of Christmas lights that we have to put up. It's literally totes. It's not a mountain. It's not a, you know, huge pile sitting in the garage. It's pretty well organized for how much we have. But of course we had to go bigger than we did in previous years. And 30,000 was last year's count. So we said, screw it. Let's go for 40,000. And it was really freaking cool. It's still on right now. It's December 30th. So it's not untimely for them to be on. And they'll probably still go on through New Year's Eve and New Year's Day because New Year's Day, it's supposed to be eight whole degrees Fahrenheit with a low of negative six and three to five inches. And all of my friends out there who took down their lights on December 26th, good on you for doing so. But putting up 40,000 lights takes about four to five weekends. And on those weekends where you have those two days to set them up, it is enough time to consider it work days. So you're talking possibly 40 hours worth of work roughly to get those up between two people. But we do it for the community. We did it big for the first time in 2020 because it was a weird year. Kids were still, for the most part, remote learning, if not for all all kids in our area. And we just wanted to bring back some normalcy. And that just spread. And then I submit ourself to Six Nights of Lights, which is a local Omaha news station. And every night they do it for five nights, I believe it was the 17th through the 23rd. I kept seeing another beautiful house, great craftsmanship, artistry, nice display of their lights. And finally on the 23rd, I'm watching and I see ours come up. Our friend Lori, who is our stylist years ago, calls us and or sends a message on our Facebook for Meller family holiday light display. If you want to look it up and says, you're on the news. And so if you check my Instagram, the beard winner, let me make sure that's what it is. Cause it's been a while. Let me just pull it up. But if you check out the Instagram, uh, yeah, beard winner, not the beard winner, you'll see that that's the most recent video posted. And that was such an honor. We don't do it for getting on the news and we don't do it to get on the great Christmas light fight, even though that's not out of the question with how many lights we have and how many are planned to go. But also we don't want to get tacky with how many we put up. We want it to be a scene that takes you away from your worst possible day when you drive by and see an enchanted wonderland. So if you look at the video, you'll see a river that we added this year with snow around it. And there's a nice doe at the bottom drinking out of the fresh water. And it's just, it's a beautiful scene. It's just great to have that escape and the amount of time and effort that goes into it, it doesn't really matter. As long as people are smiling, we even had a nice young man come to our door and ring the doorbell 
and ask if he could take photos because it was so beautiful. And he said, heck yeah, why not? I mean, that's what it's there for. As long as people aren't wrecking our stuff or cutting wires like we had a couple strings, including an extension cord cut last year, but some cameras and posting about the fact that we have cameras out there to look at them has swayed the Scrooges away from us. But yeah, it's been a wonky year because not only is putting up a Christmas light display like that very laborious, we also had some storms rip through. Nowhere near as bad as Kentucky and what the South faced. My goodness, that was that was crazy. But we had 80-something mile per hour winds whip through here. Tornadoes to the north, south, east, everywhere around us, and dozens of them that were confirmed days later. And luckily, they predicted that those winds were coming. We put away all the yard art, the deer, the snowman. We don't have any inflatables, but we put all the wired stuff away that we could and took the manger, laid down, you know, the whole wise men and even baby Jesus on the ground and staked everything down because we just had to put things away in a hurry and just hope that none of the lights on the trees got ripped off. And we didn't do too bad. I mean, it looks like there's some holes in the siding from some stuff that got thrown at the house, which we'll have to look at more. And there's also um, some meteor lights, the ones that look like drip lights that on a plum tree we have that's solid purple that had some breakage, but we fared pretty well. Really fortunate. So another thing that just made me realize that, you know, things need to be put into perspective. And circling back around to the last episode of the Afterglow, I am doing another round of ketamine treatment. It's uh, not another round, my apologies, a booster. So the round is six sessions and they do recommend a booster if needed. And I believe that I do need that reset button because I need to make sure that I'm able to kind of discover what happiness is and it really takes you out of your body and allows you to realize your reality is what you see and what you hear. But my hardest thing that I've had trouble dealing with is unnecessary stress, feeling as if I need to take on the world when I can't, or just having extreme disorganization of thoughts as far as knowing which direction to go when I have a couple tasks in front of me. So I know all those things are going to be much more important in life, and that's why I'm doing it again. So hopefully it'll go well. I know it's going to because I'm putting good intention into it, and I'm I'm in a good spot mentally and physically where I know I can do it and get something out of it. And then continuing to go to therapy for maintenance has been a huge deal as well, too, because you can't rely on something that's going to be a magic wand. I don't think it was ever designed to be a magic wand. I think that it's going to help you break through any roadblocks that you are seeing, but I don't think it's something that people should lean on like anything else. So that's really where that stands. And I will keep you abreast to updates on that. Because this is the end of, not the podcast, but season one. Season one, I'm thank you for being along for the ride. It was all over the freaking place. I mean, I'm still in the same position where I want to spread love, kindness, and happiness as much as possible. So that gets us to the part of what's coming next in season two. And that is a promise to me, and more importantly to you all, to 
not just have this monthly podcast bill come out in the server or the hosting bill for the website and actually get the website back up and running. But let's do one step at a time here, folks. I want 2022 to have plans focus on the creative process. I did something really cool with a buddy um, who's going back to New Zealand. We had an opportunity to, to, to shoot some really cool photos for a bar. And I would like to interview him on the creative process of working with a business owner as a content creator, designer, and what it, it what's needed to communicate with the business owner to execute their vision and to also collaborate with my father and I who took the photos that he ended up using for the art for these beer cans for the holidays. So and that's one part that we're going to go with. Definitely want to have some more photographers on the show and focus on that creative process because I plan on picking up the camera again. It's therapy. Speaking of therapy and being maintenance, you need to have a hobby. You need to have something that helps you wake up in the morning and drives you. Something that even if you only have two days because you're a weekend warrior to look forward to, it doesn't matter where you live. I mean, you can drive, unless you're in the middle of Texas, my apologies anyone who lives there, you can drive three or four hours in each direction on a Friday night, see something cool, and then come back. I think it's completely doable within a two-day period, including that Friday evening, depending on when you get off. So excuses are like assholes, and apparently I'm full of assholes because I have found a ton of excuses not to pick up my camera, but it's going to be picked up again. The creative spirit's back, and also I want to incorporate something else I'm passionate about. I I know that I had some issues with uh, bourbon back in 2018, and beer has been kind of a nice segue because I don't drink to get drunk. I don't think I've been drunk in quite a few years. I don't like getting even more than a slight buzz. And if I start to even be sloppy with my words, I have enough trouble talking right now as it is completely stone sober. And all I've been drinking is water today. And I don't need to have that, but I do want to do beer reviews, unbiased ones. And I do have a knack for getting my hands on some pretty ridiculous beers. So Tune in for those episodes. I'll most likely title those the beer name that I'm tasting, and they may be shorter, and go over the beer, why I think it's good, why I think it's bad, why I think it's overpriced, underpriced, and talk about things about like the secondary market that's out there. There's people who buy and sell beer after retail, and they pay out the nose for it. And then there's people like me who like to get really good beers and take them to a place and I don't know if you have one in your area like a casual pint and split it as long as I get four ounces or about two ounces to take a sip depending on the bottle size I'd rather everyone in that bar taste it because as I've said in previous episodes I think it is the desire of most people who create things for the most amount of people to appreciate it and I don't think that that excludes people who make wine and spirits and beer so We may even throw out a wild card and have a sommelier on here and talk about wine because my dad used to make wine and he's taught me a little bit about it. I'm not nearly as passionate about it. And we may even have a buddy on who um, does whiskey tastings of all kinds in Nebraska. So whiskey might even come back around as well. I'll probably sip on a beer while we talk to him about it, a barrel-aged bourbon, uh, bourbon barrel-aged beer or whiskey barrel-aged beer just so it's on point to some degree. But I think that that will be really cool of an experience just to have people on the show and hear different perspectives and most first and foremost i need to also post some new pictures i've really started taking care of my health more drinking more water that is and growing my beard out and taking better care of it so 
not, I don't want to say that boss man brands is bad or anything. Like I used to preach about them in previous episodes, but there are so many amazing beer company, beard companies out there. That's a very similar word. And one that I found was Fable. If you want the, one of the largest selection of scents that are really strong, as far as in a good way, powerful, that spell that smells spot on, like the Christmas scents they just had. I'm wearing one that's called Candy King. It's literally chocolate covered raspberry uh, truffles. Smells just like it. I wore a scent the other day called The Resolution, and that smelled like coffee, champagne, and something else. I think Cuban cigars that were not burnt, not the burnt cigar smell. That would smell like butt. Uh, maybe not to some people, but yeah. And I found another really cool company called 8-Bit. It's really nostalgic. Their scents are pretty straightforward. They have a lot of oud. Um, they have really cool oil blends that really soften your beard and nourish it tried one called luxurious bastard <laughs> those are funny because all of their scents are something bastard um they have one that's called the holiday bastard that sounds kind of cool and then i'm going to i have another one on the way called tailored beard company they use um emu in there which is also good for um pain i believe people use emu oil but it also is very nourishing and then going to try something with some ostrich oil as well and even try anything else that's out there there's a company called mythical a new one that was just announced called alley cat and hopefully i'll have some of the folks on there who have taught me as much as i've learned about beard care and what actually goes into taking care of a beard it's not just washing it and putting in beard oil there's actually a process that i go through in the morning which we'll talk about at length in a further episode a process that i do in the evening and you have to stay hydrated and that's kind of why I've sped up the cadence of this uh, podcast is because I'm almost a gallon or more into this episode. And quite frankly, I have to pee. So I think that 2022 is going to be a great year. And I do still want to focus on mental health, but I don't want to overstep. I'm not a mental health specialist. So if we can have someone who is on the show, who is licensed to like a therapist or something like that to talk about things like that. If you know someone who would want to be on the show and be willing to speak to it, like alternative therapies out there, I know John Hopkins is studying psilocybin. They have been for years. The wait list for getting in that study is probably years long. And I'm really happy Theo Vaughn, the comedian, talked about ketamine therapy because it's most likely offered in any state you live in. Just Google it and talk to your primary care doctor, of course, first to get them to sign off on it to see if it's a good plan of action for you or your psychiatrist if you're going to one but it's an alternative and there's going to be more alternatives and it's cool that our government's starting to open up those windows for those things to be studied like i believe i heard that the dod is studying ketamine as well as mushrooms to try to save our soldiers lives who have ptsd and that's pretty rocking so there will be an emphasis on mental health because it's needs to be an honest conversation that's one thing that will never change on this podcast is me being honest, straightforward, and transparent with you as much as possible. I mean, if it's intellectual property and confidential stuff, I, I can't talk about that. You know, that's my livelihood, and I'm not going to infringe upon that. But I can say it is pretty darn cool working in the cannabis industry on the software side of it and talking to people at dispensaries, cultivation locations, people who process it into candy bars or the um, vaporizers that people have or what have you it's just an amazing industry with a bunch of extremely hard-working individuals who are trying to break the stigma 
that the devil's lettuce isn't what we heard about in reefer madness so this is the end of season one in the beard winner podcast episode 17 thank you so much for holding on to to hope and also for going along with me on the ride here i'm gonna press stop here and go pee but i hope that you have a very happy and safe new year and thank you so much for tuning in and for your support and we'll talk to you on the other side of this year Mm -hmm.